Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. You're listening to My Talk 107.1. Yes, if you don't catch all the show, you can always go to MyTalk1071.com and catch all of our shows on podcasts. Yes, podcast queen. Form. Yes. So we have to talk about the Met Gala. It was all the rage last night, people. It was all the rage. Yes, uh, people. You know, it's it's a visual medium mostly, so we're going to try to talk about things that happened there that'll be more interesting than just, this person wore this outfit. But... Yeah. And you know that, know. let me just be clear. Yeah. Lori and Julie are going to do a much better job breaking down all the outfits. So if you want your outfit and accessory chat, listen at three. But we are obsessed with... Um, we don't know all the terms. Some weird stuff. You know, they're going to be throwing out, this person had on a pussy bow. This oh, person God, went... scared me. Mike, you should have seen Mike. He's like, what? You know, a pussy bow. What you know what that, that is? No, what is that? It's a bow that's way up on your collar up here. They oh, okay. call it a pussy bow. I it's a real that. term for it. Okay. It's not. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's where it's located. Okay. It is. It's way up here. <laughs> you think Around you know. like the top of the neck, like, I'm the like one that... high collar, yeah. you know, olden days. Looking. Olden days pussy bow. Yep. I'm going to use that term now. Thank you, Don. <laughs> that's I'm smarter. My Twitter See, handle olden the... days pussy bow. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Nope. Can't be going there, Don. All right. So um, you have to talk about something that you saw that if you were there, you'd be scooping up. You'd be scooping up the remnants of this. Okay. I have to tell you. So I saw this story presumably uh, or not presumably uh, on the surface. It was about Kim Kardashian running into Pete Davidson. And I was like, ooh, I'm here for this juicy gossip. You know, publicationship. Of course, they're going to be smiling and yeah, the camera is right there. Of course, he's going to be smiling and she's going to be yeah. giving him a TED talk, it looks like. And so, uh, she's giving him a TED talk. <laughs> uh, so, you know, ostensibly that's why I showed up. But then I'm like scrolling through the photos and I noticed a photo at the, uh, towards the beginning, middle part of this story, wherein you see Kim Kardashian clutching a thigh's worth of these pearls. Because, again, for the audience who a has. A thigh's worth? Yeah, yeah. Okay. A thigh, like a big honk is what oh, I'm saying. Okay. Oh, like just a, okay. a big honk of yeah. these pearls. Oh, not inner thighs. No, I mean, you I know, mean, inner thigh, like outer thigh. Thighs worth. What? No, I mean, so it's like right at her butt and it looks oh, like she's sure. grabbing this like honk on her body. Mm-hmm. But for the audience who hasn't seen the outfit, do you want to describe what Kim Kardashian was wearing briefly? Uh, sure. I mean, it's basically uh, the front bodice of her dress was um, big drapes of pearls. Yeah. You know, and then she had like a little bustier thing. And then the bottom seemed to be some type of like a nude bikini thing. And then 
The, yeah. And then it had drapes of the same drapes of so pearls was, around like a skirt almost. Yeah. So there was like this bodysuit piece and then the rest was just all tons of pearls. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, allegedly, supposedly, she's like, I just, you know, the thing I thought about Karl Lagerfeld was he just loved pearls. And I thought I'm going to have pearls. And I'm like somebody came up to you and came, you know, gave you this design. It's fine. Yeah. You don't need a story. But um, so I'm I'm looking at this photo where she's grabbing a honk of these pearls. Oh, I see. And oh, I, yes. You see that photo? I sure do. And I look down and I go, there's a bunch of pearls on the street. And I'm like, does she know that her dress is falling apart? It's Look hiking. how janky, like uh, at the bottom, just like the it's fraying and the little uh, fishing line is like completely exposed. Yeah. So then unraveling. I'm reading and I'm like, what's going on here? Later, she seemed to be dropping pearls. And we don't mean wisdom. The lower part <laughs> of the dress was falling apart as she returned to her hotel. Girl, I would be like on the ground, swooping up them pearls and taking them to the pawn shop. No kidding. Those it's are not real fake. ass pearls. Of course they're not real. Not ass pearls, but yeah. pearls, but I, I did it for emphasis. <laughs> look at all of that pearl. The, and the dress, look how, like, this is couture, people, and uh-huh. it's falling apart. Yes. it's. You have a really good point there. I would be like, who can I get to sew this up really quick? You would have to, like, arrive with... I mean, it is, it's expected, all of these designers, and they take months to design these dresses and put them together. Have a seamstress with you. If there's potential that you're going to bust out of your pearl dress. Yeah, or like maybe walk up and down a hallway and see if it's going to start busting pearls out and, before you let her, because this was like way into the, I don't know if this, this must have been towards the end of the actual event. I don't think this was an after party, but if your gown can't make it through the event like she should have done a change like Mm -hmm. she did do you remember the last wardrobe malfunction we had with this woman oh well the met gala last year the maryland dress that she only technically wore for two minutes and then it was a replica Dawn. That's true. What? Diarrhea. You have diarrhea in the dress? <laughs> no, I'm having diarrhea <laughs> with her ruining people's outfits. She, we didn't have this experience together on the air, but last year we lost our stuff, our heart ba- uh, heartburn diarrhea. Yeah. We lost it because. She ruined Marilyn Monroe, Monroe's dress. It started to they had she wore a replica after she only put it on for two minutes, but then it did it kind of bust a little bit. The dress it did for bust all time, a bit. and she this tra- dress which fifteen pounds. You of all people who have like gone after people for being obsessed with Marilyn Monroe for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. She convinced Ripley's Believe It or Not to let her put on that dress even for five minutes to the point that it busted. I know the stitching and that dress will forever be known as not Marilyn Monroe's dress, but Marilyn Monroe's dress that Kim Kardashian wore. Don't even get me started. Clearly, I'm holding. Oh, no, I feel the same way. I really do. I'm just saying, don't even get me started on last year. But this year, like, girl, make sure the pearls last because I hope she's so rich. Is she so well? Look at look at how it's unraveling. I know. I know. Do you see how there's like pieces at the end there that are just like blunk, blunk, blunk? Yeah. She's literally just dropping pearls. This is what maybe she should have focused on this before the event instead of, okay, did you see the post? Hmm? Did you see the post where she said, oh my gosh, North put this together for me. 
before the Met Gala so we can relax because North went with her. I did read that like they stayed in the car or something, right? Yeah, she she escorted her mother to the event. So anything like outside the hotel or all of that, she was wearing her own little cute outfit. But it's like, do not use your child to lie. She is nine years old and she did not put together this room of white roses, candles, two massage tables... It was like something you would do for a bridal she party. Wanted me to think and she that goes, her "Oh my god!" She's like, "Look at what North did for me." Um, you're <laughs> she did how not old is North? Nine. No, she didn't think it up. No. You did it. Well, it's you the had same... someone arrange it. Don't say North. Let her be a kid. It's... Let her be nine. Does oh, she that want a child color? stopped being a kid at the age of two. Right, I know. The minute they put that child out in front of cameras, that child ceased the ability to create her uh, to create herself in her own image. Well, now, yes. Well, now she's a bridal party planner. Apparently, she put together this well, elaborate massage also, room with white flowers and white petals everywhere. You can't tell me that she came up with that and arranged all of it. This is the same woman, though, who literally I told you moments before had come up with this. Like I thought of. My good friend, Karl Lagerfeld, and I knew he loved pearls. And so I said, I'm going to have pearls. And so then I create, you didn't have anything to do with this. Mm -hmm. This is all the story she's telling us. To your point, she's always performing Mm -hmm. and the story is full of holes like Swiss cheese. (laughs) And you're scooping up those pearls, aren't you? Girl, I would have had them pearls. You wouldn't? (sighs) Somebody dropping real pearls on a... uh, no. Yeah, she's dropping them on the street, but she she's obviously holding them together because she knows her dress is falling apart. That's what I think. <laughs> I could just see like by the time she gets to the car, her butt's hanging out because then pearls are gone. It's I just like that's, <laughs> the, that's the maybe there was a, for all of this. There was a guy who was like, "Come on, pearls, fall off that dress," because <gasps> the more pearls that fell off, the more skin. I mean, they're covering her everything. Mm-hmm. Her what did we call it? Hoodly do no. Uh, what was it? Hoo-ha? Hoo-ha? Yeah. yeah. Royal hoo-ha? Mm-hmm. The coronation. Remember when we were talking about oh, the coronation? Oh, sure. The royal hoo-ha? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so my point was very simply, she was, she, this woman is so rich and so privileged that she can just drop pearls, drop pearls. everywhere. It's I, amazing. however, have to drop pearls of wisdom. Were you going to tell us about uh, Emily Blunt? Emily Blunt? What is no, she doing? I don't know. There's a note there. Oh, Emily Blunt. Or Emily uh, Ratajkowski, Yes, sorry. she. Oh, the only thing she said, she was interviewed in, uh, on the red carpet, and she was like, yeah, maybe I'll meet a man here. Oh, yeah. So Did she? I We'll find out in a couple of weeks when she needs some more attention. <laughs> oh, <my> God, okay. <laughs> hey, speaking of attention, a woman garnered a lot of attention in a story that a lot of people have been talking about. We're not really sure what went down, yeah. but apparently something either very joyful or not so joyful. And we're going to ask the audience to decide when we return right here on my on the my talk website or app. Hey, my talkers, Bradley here for my good friends at Boulevard Auto Works. Warmer weather is finally here. Kind of maybe it's on its way anyway. Here's the thing. It's plenty of opportunity to roll down the windows pretty darn quick and enjoy some of that fresh air. But if you hear any weird noises following you around when you do so, like your car's just making some kind of noise, like if it's people like move along. That just means you got people doing weird things in your car. But if you got weird noises from your car, I want you to call Tom and his team over at Boulevard. They've been there for over four decades, keeping people on the road. These guys are the guys and gals rather are the real deal professionals 
They're not going to take you for a ride. In fact, when I drop off my car, I know they're going to have a courtesy car waiting. And at some point, they're going to give me a full explanation in language and terminology I can understand about what they did to fix my vehicle or keep it in tip-top shape. Call the hometown folks at Boulevard today at blvdautoworks.com. Tell them Bradley sent you. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, my talk, 107.1, everything entertainment. We love orchestral performances, don't we? Why are you here? We are here to talk about a woman who either had a really good time or a really bad time during an L.A. Philharmonic orchestral performance. Maybe you've heard this story by now, but allegedly, supposedly, a woman had a, I'm just going to say, moment, perhaps more casual experience um during as you said a an la philharmonic performance la philharmonic schmorgasmic performance of tchaikovsky's fifth a woman gets so turned on by a performance of the la philharmonic dawn that she had a quote loud and full body schmorgasm right in her seat now that was how it was first reported do you want to hear the moment yeah. Okay. So because it, we have to talk about m- more like personal accounts. Yeah, because there are people who were around and have opinions who said maybe that's not what happened. Now I'm going to say this is very short and unobtrusive. It's not offense. I don't think this is no, offensive. Go it's, ahead. It's you're fine. barely going to hear anything. But just listen to. Well. Okay. Yeah. Let's have a listen. <laughs> so you hear something, right? <laughs> Right? Like, there's something happening there. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, Karen. It wasn't a medical emergency. Well, we, we don't, don't know. Think. Well, we don't know. But see, I'm glad a, you... A lot of people were like, oh, my God, you guys. You yeah. Know. Well, no, the first reaction, or I shouldn't say not the first reaction, but some reactions now, and again, it's even in this uh, TMZ piece, the LA Times reported that this happened, uh, the concert goer was watching the Philharmonic, they, and of course, TMZ just has a way with words. They were watching the Philharmonic crank out Tchaikovsky's fifth. Crank out. When she apparently became aroused. One witness seated near the woman told the Times, I saw the girl after it happened, and I assumed that she had a because she was breathing heavily, and her partner was smiling while looking at her. It was quite beautiful. However, they then go on to say, other people have said, One concert goer, in fact, poured cold water on the theory, saying that the woman had a breakdown of some sort and everyone in the packed crowd was worried it was a medical emergency. So then I thought, oh, God, well, that's, you know. That's, of course, what anybody would check first. Yeah, you'd want to make sure, like, is this one okay? okay? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Right. But then as I read, like the story gets even murkier and it really does seem up in the air. Although increasingly, I think the stories, uh, the story saying that it was from the reports of the people that were there, that this was a woman and having a happy moment and not a medical emergency, because as some people would point out, if it had been a medical emergency, medical staff would have shown up or like, an, you know, and she stuck around after. Yes. And I just, in fact, the other story that I saw was Ray finds. And now I learned so much in this story. Like, this is why, like when I first saw this story, I was like, ah, move along. And then I was like, no, no, no. Because with stories like this, there's always several layers, right? Yes. So there was a conflicting reports in the beginning, but then there was a whole story about how Ray Fine's brother was there. And who, not by the Joseph, way, not Joseph who was Fiennes. In Shakespeare in Love. Nope. In fact, British composer Magnus Fines didn't know he had a uh, British composer Magnus. brother. Magnus Why Fiennes. Why don't we hear more about Magnus Fines? Well, brother of actor Ray Fines tweeted that he allegedly heard the woman audibly quote, went to see LA play, uh, blah, blah, blah last night. A woman in the audience had a loud and full body schmorgasm. In the fifth second movement, the band politely carried on. <laughs> Props to the L.A. Phil harmonic for bringing it on. <laughs> so, so he seemed perfectly, you know, comfortable assuming sure. that this was not a medical thing. And I'm just like, how is there even a like confusion about this? I guess because they're all in the dark. But again, if it were a medical emergency, don't you think that like they would have dispatched like a yeah team of paramedics or something? People would have gotten up. They would have cleared out. I've been in a summer stock performance of a, you know, in college. We were doing an outdoor show and uh, somebody had their, they ended up being okay, just so you know, but they had a heart attack yeah. in the middle of the performance. Yep. And we didn't know what was going on. Just out of the corner of my eye, I see people clearing like they start i'm like oh someone's going to the bathroom and i'm doing my lines and then it's like they're clearing they're clearing and you don't know if you should stop or go on like oh and then our director was like hey hey oh god stop you guys it's time to stop okay so we all did. stopped and we left the stage and then everybody just made sure they okay they ended up make, but they did have some type of a heart attack, yeah. but they made it through that. But it does happen at performances, I, been, but I was at a, a performance at the Guthrie where uh, a person had a, a heart experience, yeah. I think anyway, and they had to be, you know, they had to put them on a stretcher and carry mm -hmm. them out. And then there was like, once they left, there was this, this like thing of applause. It's just a very odd moment because mm -hmm. to your point, there's all this confusion when it's right? a medical experience you know yeah you know but yeah. this person stayed through the performance and the person with them seemed pleased right you're saying the partner oh the one we're talking about i thought you were mm -hmm. still telling us about no, no, your no, story no, no, i was no. like what no so this performance <laughs> so like confused. probably wasn't no this one a medical said, like, issue. the person next said the guy was looking at her in the eyes and, and was smiling. like yeah yep there she goes again. also so then let's just assume for the sake of the conversation that that's what happened mm -hmm. i don't know enough about that <laughs> to know if that's a thing but like i would just i don't know keep i mean i would maybe wait i don't know wait Oh, or sure. Like, yeah. Have my moment later. Mm hmm. But, and the only thing I can think of is if they had Tourette's syndrome or something. Somebody did bring that up and they said, no, it was clear that this was not 
what happened. But, okay. you know, to your point, that's a whole different... I think women different... can, just quickly, I'll say right here, they can have a smorgasm by thinking about it, some women. Yeah. And they don't even have to be So touched. different than the anatomy or biology of how the male That's right. And works. now we've made it peen at 115. Oh, my God, it was peen Yay! at 115. Good job. All right, when we come back from smorgasms to... Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, my talk, 107.1. We have to talk about the Writers Guild. They did not oh. come to an agreement last night um, because there were a lot of things that writers in America were wanting to change. And uh, we'll go over what those things, what were the key points um, of those negotiations were, but they did not come to an agreement. Yeah, I was trying to understand like what the actual beef is. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I kind of understand in the sense that like things are changing. Writers feel like they're not getting paid enough, but it's it's more complicated than that. It is more complicated than that, and some of the key points are. Um, you know, this all has to do a lot of the uh, these problems have to do with streaming. So the key issues are mini rooms. The WGE, the Writers Guild of America, they want to mandate a minimum number of writers per TV show because studios are using these. They're calling them mini writing rooms where just okay. a handful of writers break a whole season in a matter of weeks. So they're shortening the amount of time that they want these writers and the amount of people. Yeah. And the guild worries that, you know. If they leave that unchecked, studios could do away with traditional writers' rooms where, you know, it's a big creative process where there are usually like 15 to 20 people who write on a series. And going to school for this, you know, I went to school for um, screenwriting and TV writing. You will have a character that you write. Like, you are dedicated to, it's like you have a show Bible for the show you're writing for and you're... You write all their dialogue and you concentrate on that. Well, they're combining people to just like, oh, instead of 20 people, they're going to shorten it to five, like mini rooms and condensing the amount of time they have to write. So that means everybody's writing more. And basically that means, you know, you're getting paid less for the time that you're writing. Exactly. And also they're fighting for streaming residuals. So currently... The WGA streaming residual, it's a fixed amount regardless of whether a show is watched by 10 million people or by 20 people. Yeah. So it's a fixed amount and they want to add a success factor to that. So if a show is like, okay, you have something that nobody watches, you know, or something that is like White Lotus. Yeah. Then those writers would get more. But that is going to be really tough because then it requires streaming services like net like Netflix to actually reveal their viewership data and their unwillingness. Well, I was going to gonna say, that. yeah, that's that would be interesting because the one thing we've come to learn about Netflix is that they're not really interested in giving us details when it comes to mm-hmm. you know viewership. Because then metrics. they can't lie. They want to push out shows that they. In my opinion, I think what's going on if you see top ten on Netflix. Which show did they spend the most money on? They need a return on that. So they're going to put say that more people are watching those shows. And then they won't won't put in front something, you know, just it could be negotiations with the show or whatever their reason is. They would have to tell the truth about that. And they don't want to do that because they need to be able to manipulate the numbers. Yeah, they want to be. Well, and, you know, again, like whether whether the industry is Hollywood or anything else, um, they're going to want to protect their 
profit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Another issue is span protection and writers span. span. So that means that uh, writers are usually paid per episode. And in the streaming area, they have fewer episodes, sure. but they take just as long as to produce. So what the Writers Guild wants to do, instead of their writers making less per week, they have worked out a deal where the episode rate buys no more than 2.4 weeks of work. So writers who make 400000 or more, it doesn't apply to them. They want to remove that cap of 400000 so writers above that level can make more. They're wanting to pay for cheaper writers. That's what it translates yeah. to, really, when you when you think about that. So they take just as long as to produce, but they're reducing the amount of weeks anyway. That Not as long to produce, but they're having more, like, used to be more. We used to have more job episode. security because you would write for a show, and that would allow you to pay for a year. It's kind of like teachers, right? Like teachers are not working the entire year, but they're being paid such that they're able to live for a year mm-hmm. on the salary. You know, it's not exactly. like, and this, from what I've read and from what you're explaining with the writer strike, it really boils down to for a lot of writers, they want to be able to have the ability to live yeah. beyond just writing for one or two shows. And I know it's hard for like those of us who get up and go to work 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, whatever it is, minus your vacation, mm-hmm. you know, that's a different mindset. So it might be hard to wrap your mind around like, oh, I feel sorry for you because you have to, you know, you get to not have to go to work and you're making a lot of but, money. Yeah. But when you spread out, you know, that one show over an entire year, mm-hmm. um, that's increasingly becoming harder for people to live on. Totally. Yeah. And yes, they do have months where they don't work, but they're terrified most artists that I know that are in that industry, yeah, they are like, I don't, they're always thinking about, oh my God, what project is next? Yeah. If they oh, don't have something that's secure, that if they're on that. a show like the, you know, The Office <laughs> and they see the success, that's a little bit easier. Um, but, you know, things are just starting out. It's just a, it's just a dangerous field to be playing in now and to be able to work. And this affects not just the writers, but when you think about reducing the amount of episodes you have per show, that, like I said yesterday, affects um, everybody from craft services to the electrical people, costume designers, um, people in accounting. I mean, everything. So. Yeah, because you, you know, if, if, you're only going to be doing eight episodes versus 20, mm-hmm. right? That that requires less work. The other thing that's, you know, as I was reading about the unfolding of the writer strike is this comes at a very unique moment. I mean, all moments are unique, right? But the specific, specifically interesting things about this moment that a writer strike is happening versus, say, in 2007, the last time it happened, is technology is changing so fast and we're truly at the cusp and I don't want to overplay it. And I I think we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but the, the, or the day before the uh, importance or the emergence of AI and how that might start to fill the gap of, you know, increasingly streamers and creators are looking around going, well, we can't rely on writers much anymore. Or right now let's, you know, let's try to figure out a way to, you know, protect ourselves from, I mean, I'm just thinking yeah. this is the, com- these are the conversations that are likely happening to try to take technology and replace, you know, a part People. of, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is, you know, not just, you know, it's indicative of the world. It's not just writers. I mm-hmm. mean, have you been to like a fast food restaurant before or a regular restaurant before that, you know, 
relies on you to just go to an app or yes, like an iPad when you show up, right? Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. So this is something that'll affect them as well. Absolutely. Yes. So this will affect, um, most certainly starting now, all the late night shows are going to be dark. So you're not going to see new Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, um, because they depend on writers every day to write those shows. Seth Meyers. Um, and then also, as uh, Mike said earlier in the Dirt Alert, they're not sure about SNL yet this week because it could have already been written. But they also depend on writers to be there along the way to rewrite. Yeah. So, so they could throw happen. something together. I don't know who the guest yeah. is supposed to be. But they're just going to do some, you know, good old fashioned uh, reruns improv and like. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you a prompt and you're going to... Oh my gosh. Whose line is it anyway? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then I guess it's going to hit soap operas next. So daytime soaps like Days of Our Makes Lives, sense. General Hospital. Mm-hmm. Yep. They operate fast and furious. They have production schedules that are way different than other shows. And um, they don't have as many finished scripts and episodes to air. So in a few weeks, they're going to run out. They do want to let you know that um, don't worry about Law and Order or Abbott Elementary because most broadcast shows will finish their seasons. Their final episodes have already been written and filmed, especially for those two that I mentioned. Uh, But it depends on how long the strike goes on, because if this goes on through the fall, you're not going to get a new season. Yeah, and I would imagine that we're not going to see any development in the next few days because, frankly, if there was a solution to happen just a few days away, you'd think they would have prevented the strike from actually going ahead. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that we're in a position where nothing's going to happen anytime soon. Right, and it's because the they summer. won't be affected. Yeah. Right. So it's going to take, you know, some pain before people start wanting to come back to the table or some pressure. And I don't know where that pressure comes from right now. I can tell you about some pressure they might have. Actors... To support writers, they're saying that some of them won't be coming back until they negotiate for the writers. Oh, for sure. What, yeah. Some that have more leverage than others, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming and people that can sit out and go, no, I'm not going to. not having to pay the bills. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's just, it's a scary situation whenever um, there's so many people that are hungry to get jobs in this field. People that have been just waiting for their chance. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of thing. Do they have scab writers? Like, is that a thing? Well, maybe. I'm sure. Meaning, I'm sure, like, but they won't get their just, credit. Would studios just turn to. They wouldn't want to put their name on it or get credit for it. But, you know, it well, could there's... be like favors later on. Like, yeah, we'll hire you if you do this now, you know. And we yeah. probably won't see that for a while because immediately these things, you know, won't be except for late night TV. Streaming, it says for a while is going to be fine. But then what's going to happen when they start running out of shows? Will they ever run out of shows? Well, and but see, that was the other thing we didn't we haven't gotten a chance to talk about is that there's so much content right now. Do streaming platforms? There is no urgency. There's no pressure. No, I mean, what they will. Yeah, go on. Because they can literally just I mean, let's throw this out. And sure, it might not be. But if they've got one or two new things, great. Right, and they have so many. Have you ever looked through Netflix's yeah. original series that they've yeah. created? You'll stumble upon something that isn't in the top ten and go, I never knew this even happened. And they have hundreds of those. Yeah, what was the year 1940? Was it 1942? The year where they had the uh, musician strike? Oh, Remember that podcast yes. we listened to? We, uh, yep, 
1942. And that was that was an interesting experiment in how no new music was created for like an entire year, but that forced or that really created huge opportunities for, you know, others in that moment. So it'll just be interesting to see how that plays out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts in in the context of 2023 with writers and television and yeah because technology. like we said this affects everyone if shows aren't being made the entire crew what are we going to talk about on our show <laughs> we'll, well have plenty to talk there's about a lot to talk about uh speaking of plenty to talk about thank you don for all the latest mm-hmm. on the writer strike and we'll keep you up to date as that goes forward of course but when we come back don would like to well, wag a finger, perhaps, at one Megan McCain. You've got some opinions I'm about something shocked. she wrote. Yeah. And we'll talk about it when we come back right here on my website or app. Whether it's helping Ukrainian refugees, those affected by the floods in Pakistan, the famine happening across East Africa, the team from Alight is there. Alight, a Twin Cities-based organization, helps displaced persons around the globe. Every day of the year, they are on the ground working to do the doable. That is, provide folks who are displaced. Those are people just like you and me who've been forced to leave everything they have behind. And in often often having to start an entirely new life from scratch. That is no small task. Thankfully, a lights team is there helping folks find the basics, access to food and shelter and clean water, of course, in the immediate aftermath, but also work on helping them establish a new foundation in a new home. Head to wearealight.org today to learn how you can continue to support their ongoing work. And thank you. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, my talk, 107.1. Boy. I was pretty shocked to read this article in the Daily Mail.co.uk. You were shocked by something in the Daily Mail. I, I have tried to stay away from the Daily Mail because they're trash and they're <laughs> the, the ones that Harry and Meghan sued. I'm there every day. I know, and I scolded you for it, and now I fell into the trap of I couldn't believe who wrote this. It's Meghan McCain. God help America, Meghan has snubbed the coronation and any hopes of her and Harry buzzing off back to the UK are lost. Okay, so But you have to read the rest. I'm sorry. Read the last sentence. What did we do to deserve these whiny ingrates? That is Meghan McCain talking about Meghan Markle. I... Okay. Now, what were you shocked by? I was shocked, quite honestly. I'm not... I I have to say this. This is not a political conversation because I don't 
I just am not somebody who knows everybody politically. I just don't focus my I'm not. It's just not something I'm really interested in. And I know that some people are and that's totally okay. But I thought Megan McCain was a professional. I'm seriously saying this like I know her from The View and she was like the one and only person with a certain point of view. And she got a lot of flack for, you know, like speaking her mind. But I also know her father and the prestige that comes with his name. And I thought she was like a professional journalist. And I was actually embarrassed when I read this article about how Meghan Markle is trash. She quite literally says things like that in yeah. this piece. I, so I started to look up, this isn't the Meghan McCain. Like, I couldn't believe oh, it. you didn't even realize. Like, I you were literally, like, for this, 10 this minutes. This can't be the same Meghan McCain. I was Meghan like, no, McCain. that's not Meghan McCain that I know from being a professional journalist and other things that, I, like I said, I don't know what her, but just her background, it really shocked me that she would be writing such trash. <laughs> Yeah, I do know what her politics is. I don't think that that's the issue as much as she yeah, has a column in the Daily Mail and is uh, a verbal bomb thrower in that regard. Like, uh, kind of like Piers Morgan and others. She, after leaving The View, started, you know, writing this column. And I don't read, I don't read opinion pieces in the Daily Mail. Oh, yeah. I, I look for headlines and okay. trends. And usually it's, it's, you know, the most shocking, absurd thing. And I'm like, oh, gross. Okay. What do they say about celebrities? And then I move on. But Megan McCain is just one of those people who wants to say something that is going to outrage people. And it worked. Oh. But I want you to tell us what made you think that like because you literally read this thinking what i thought you were better than this well what do you mean by better than what um better than i'll just read a little bit better than saying things like this um because it's written in first person it says um omit scobie harry and megan's unofficial mouthpiece tweeted confirmation of harry's solo trip and added i understand that archie's fourth birthday and also may 6th played a factor in the couple's decision to not have Megan go, essentially. Then it says, this is Megan McCain's voice here. Sure, I have to hand it to Harry and Megan. This is a gallant effort uh, at public relations spin invoking their child's birthday party. But let's keep it real here. No one in their right mind believes Hollywood Meghan Markle is passing up a chance to peacock in front of the world to blow up balloons and serve cake in the backyard. Wow. I was like, huh? And then I'm like, wait but a minute. But who's this peacocking right Megan- now? Right. Meghan Markle is peacocking, picking on Meghan Markle. Meghan McCain is peacocking, picking on Meghan Markle. I mean, it's like, girl, what did she do to you? I know. It's so loaded. Like, all of it. Then it goes, also, they couldn't celebrate McCain, it in the UK. Pfft, a preschooler has no idea what country he's in. And they are arguably... Uh, there are arguably few people on earth more obsessed with seeing themselves on camera than Megan. But you know, here's, here's where I don't want to give her credit, but what I'm, I think she's tapping into and watch the reason she probably chose to, again, I'm not making excuses for her. If I'm trying to understand what it is she's doing, I think she thinks she's going to get a lot of clicks saying something that she thinks a lot of people agree on that there. Cause you Don, you know, we have come across these people before who are like, 
do not like those two. And I think she thinks she's going to get a bunch of clicks saying un- mean things about Meghan Markle and Prince That's Harry. Weird. And then, oh, yeah. And then what? She says, um, I believe um, brave Meghan is chickening out. It seems to me that she's clearly unwilling to face the music with her in-laws and the British public. No matter how tone-deaf she is, and she's pretty tone-deaf, she must be aware of how deeply unpopular she is in her husband's home country. She would likely be booed the second the private jet's wheels touch down. And just going on and on. So then she's saying like she would be hated, but she should have gone. Because she would normally love to peacock around and be the center of attention, but she's just a chicken and she's scared because she knows people don't like her. That's essentially. And then there's more and more and more stuff that was like, Oh, uh, Whoa. Why are these truths? Why are you putting these things out as like, well, everybody knows that they're, tr-. it's like, well, no, she's, I don't, she's I don't writing an article that. to get attention. It's really, And she did. And now I'm talking about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I just want to, the point of this outrage is, not, is actually business for a lot of people in this culture, Don. I don't know. I'm being facetious, of course, but you know, obviously people like to throw verbal bombs and light verbal f- or metaphorical fires. I was, yeah, I think really, yeah, exactly. I, I was so disturbed. Well, here's the thing I know about you is that you apply feelings and thought to the things that you do in your life. And she's not doing that because but, you're trying to humanize Harry and Meghan. Um, a lot of people, you know, don't. I think it's an admirable thing because the one thing I've appreciated about all of the you know, when we read the book and all that stuff is that we get a different perspective and it doesn't mean that we don't have our own opinions and it doesn't mean that we can't think freely um, or that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are like the bestest people in the whole world. It just means that they're like people like anybody else with an interesting story and I'm mm-hmm. curious about it and I don't have to like run them down it's to weird. like score. Well, it's I for just, Meghan Markle I, or Meghan McCain. I don't think it's that weird. Yeah. So I, she yeah, likes, I guess I gave her more credit as a human. You being. totally did, which I is thought, a good thing. But, that like, says good things about you. Why does she need to you. do this? Like, she doesn't need the money. No, but I think she likes, she's got a job to do, and she's, like, looking around going, what am I going to write about today? Nobody's going to click on, I think, actually, Meghan Markle isn't that bad, because she's, because I would just appeal to her, like, Meghan, you know, you're a mother, it right? Like, I don't like want to. She's putting a lot of emotion. It's like, what is this about you? That's what I think. Yeah. Well, what do you think it says about her? Well, sometimes when you have such strong, super, like, mad feelings about Mm -hmm. something that someone else is doing, usually you just don't want to see yourself doing it or you've caught yourself doing it Mm -hmm. and you don't like that part of yourself. Mm -hmm. So maybe she has a problem. But (laughs) I was just like, I couldn't believe that this. So there's an insecurity, perhaps? I guess so, but it really is a weird way for it to come out. I was just shocked that someone who has such responsibility and potential for greatness I think coming from the family she does would mm, stoop to such low Daily mm, Mail articles. Mm, I was just kind of shocked. You had me up until a point because I will say if you've missed, I think you've missed some of the other things she's said since she oh, left The View. Okay. This does not. I have totally. It, it's, it does not surprise me at all or it didn't. Mm-hmm. But I think that your instincts are good in the sense that like this is not the same person that she was. Although, you know, she was a firebrand on TV, but it was different. Like she was able to be in the room with the same people. Although I think she would have talked this way about Meghan and Harry because I think there are a lot of people who 
feel that way. I don't think it's fair or I, I just think it's too too superficial a reading to be yeah. like, oh, they're just like they're always like spoiled or something. And I'm like, uh-huh. versus what? Like all the other people in that institution who haven't had to do a damn thing their entire <laughs> right. life. Meghan Markle's had a job uh-huh. since she was like a teenager. True. And she's spoiled yeah. and insufferable. Tell it's me just more. Like we put all these things on Meghan yeah. Markle that are about yeah, us, well, I think. I don't know. Or it's about it's them. Or Megan. It's about okay. them and their <laughs> issues. All right. Hey, we okay. got to go. When we come back, thank you, Don, for sharing that with us. We have to follow up on a very important conversation about Dairy Queen.